Hey there, uh, Cave Company Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only, you know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. You should not be able to smell that, no. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And, you know, I'd like to start off the show by announcing we uh, have finally made a Facebook group. Yeah! For all of our fans out there, for everyone to go. It's a Sex and Other Human Activities Facebook group. You can go there. You can post, uh, you know, really anything you want. Any, any kind of articles you find interesting of, you know, coping mechanisms with life or anything to keep you happy or anything. Anything yeah. you feel that we would all enjoy, I want to see. Yeah, anything like that. And of course, you know, if there's, because I know, hell, with all the letters that we get, we always use pseudonyms and people write to us with like very, very personal stuff. So, you know, if it's like pretty personal wouldn't recommend posting it on the Facebook page, but it's, you know, like still like for the personal stuff, like uh, get a hold of us like personally for that. And also now you're available to private message us as well yeah. as email into cave comedy radio at gmail.com. So you can hit us up and and we can talk further and we can bring it up on the show if you'd like us to. But if not, we can also just talk about it and respond. Yeah. And also it is a closed group. So, you know, feel free to ask for an invite into it. It should be a closed space. We're going to try and keep it civil. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> who's civil. a dickhead will be immediately kicked out. Immediately kicked out, kicked yeah, out of the yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel that this is something that it should be a safe place for us all to be able to openly communicate. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Facebook isn't usually the way to do that kind of thing. But I think that we can do it and I think that we can all help each other. Yeah, we can absolutely I'm really excited about it. Yeah, this is going to be fucking great. And speaking of which, we got uh, we're gonna start off today with a uh, letter from a longtime listener, Squishy, Squishy Sally. She was talking in the past about how much she hates her job, and she got the job that she was looking for. She got the job at the VA. She said, "I can tell my idiot motherfucking manager to essentially suck my taint because I'm going to the motherfucking VA." Hell yeah! And you're gonna continue to help people, and you're doing exactly what you want to be doing, and that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> I read that email and I was just like, "Fuck." Yeah, this is fucking awesome. And and I am personally friends with Squishy Sally on Facebook and I wanted to write on her wall, but I didn't know if that was open knowledge or anything. I didn't want to be weird. Yeah. But I just want to let you know that I read that and I was just like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> we can all fucking do this shit. Sometimes you got to wade through the shit and then you're just going to get out of it. Yeah. You'll be able to get out of it someday. Yes. You just got to have that goal in mind and you don't know when it's going to come and you don't know how it's going to go but as long as you keep working towards it it's going to happen absolutely we're and so proud of you so proud of you 
And you, Jackie, you've uh, got, a I wouldn't say a, a new goal, but a possible new goal in your head. Yeah, I actually, I had a, a private message on Facebook from a listener that had asked me if I'd ever thought of getting into therapy or trying to become a counselor of any sort. And it actually, it's so weird. I read the email and I was, I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then... I thought about it. This was about a week ago. And ever since, I've just been thinking about it and thinking about it. And as someone that does comedy and, in the, you know, it's hard to have a second. I mean, it's in a lot of areas. When you have a goal of what you want, especially as an artist, it's hard to think of something else that you would be able to do and be equally as happy about it. And I feel that working on this show and honestly, just that question has made me realize that that is a possible second life for me. <laughs> that a, is a po- like a very good possibility of something that like I want to do that. I it, would like to help people. It's not only a possibility. I mean, it's a very strong what's more than a possibility but not quite an inevitability. Mm, sure good. <laughs> It's a sure good. A sure good. Let's call it that. It's just it's a sure good. But it's also something that I can do alongside with what I'm already doing. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that you have to quit this or quit Roundtable or quit Page 7 or Murder Fist or anything like that. You can keep doing all that stuff right alongside. And it's weird. I feel like sometimes in your life you need someone to ask a question like that. Yeah. And it's like I don't know why I never really thought about it and I needed to be asked the question. And I feel that a lot of our listeners have probably been there at certain times in their lives when they feel a little lost. And, and sometimes you just need someone to ask that question. What do you want to do? What is, or like hit a point, like ask you a specific question where you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't even, and then the more I think about it though, of course it inevitably brings up the fears that I have of possibly venturing into something like that of... What if I bring my own bullshit into things? Like, what if I I want to do that and I want to start helping people? And I'm worried that with my past and the way that I openly speak about myself, that I would overrun them and think about myself first. I don't think so at all. I think it's part. I don't. You can't necessarily separate completely with when you're a counselor. You can't completely separate who you are and what you think from what you're going to tell these people and what you're going to talk to them about. Um, You know, I think a lot of therapists bring their own personal experiences into things. A lot of counselors bring their own personal experience into what they talk to their patients about. And it's not even necessarily like, I don't think being a counselor, it's not necessarily telling people what to do. It's showing them what they can do. Right. Uh, And I think showing people what they can do, you're very good at that. Thank you, Marcus. You're welcome. I've You've shown also, me much of what I can do, and I have done it. Yes, and I'm, and I feel that like, you know, we can all do that for each other. Honestly, I feel that it's part of the Facebook page. I feel like you yeah. can fought, like someone reads something, and you're just like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and here's what I did in that situation, or here's what you could possibly do. It's all that matter of perspective, which we talk about all the time. And also in further thinking of it was thinking of that I would love to be a high school counselor. Yeah, you'd be great at that. But would I get fired? Yes. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem too is that I'd love to teach history in high school, but 
a quick Google search of either one of us. That's that's what sucks about this, uh, right? About kind of the way that you know that life is now, as far as the internet goes, is that you know a quick Google search of either one of our names uh, shows up. You know, fuck everything I've done on Cave Comedy Radio, and hell, you Google search your name, first Ooh. thing that comes up is going to be. I mean, one of the first things is going to be like kissing booth. Yeah, which yeah. is... <laughs> you get shit sprayed all over your face. <laughs> or or uh, fucking fat boys yeah, when you're I'm playing a phone sex uh, or someone who's wanting to call in uh, to a phone sex line uh, that features fat men. <laughs> like there's, there's so much stuff that, you know, someone looking for a job, that's the first thing that they do is they Google and they see like, okay, what is this person putting out there in the world? Uh, and it sucks because you would be so good at that. You'd be so amazing at it, but because of people's ideas of moral turpitude, right? Uh, then that prevents people who would be really fantastic at what they do. Dynamic people, uh, because dynamic people do those sorts of things. You know, people who have that experience in their lives that would be very helpful uh, with teenagers. Uh, those people. Uh, tend to put out stuff into the world that is a little bit uh, objectionable. Yes. Uh, but these bland motherfuckers that don't give a shit and don't really care, uh, that haven't really done much, they're the ones that get the jobs because they're safe. And you're not going to have a parent calling up. You know, you say you give, an advi- give advice to a kid, the parent don't like it. They Google like, well, let's see what we can find about this Jackie Zabrowski. And... They come up with the whole banana. That's actually what, I mean, I feel, I don't, I can't remember if I've talked about this on here before, but that is the biggest schism between my sister and I, is that she has said that the things that I produce and what I put out on the internet makes me a terrible human being and that in the future like what are my children going to think about it what are you know future employers going to think about it don't you ever think about your your self-preservation don't you ever think about you as a whole individual being able to be a professional person and of course my immediate reaction is like fuck anybody who doesn't like it yeah but that's the problem, though, is things like that where it's like, I can't be like, fuck you, principal. <laughs> I'm fucking cool. Yeah. But I feel like it's like beyond that, being a high school counselor, like, can you imagine going to a counselor and, you know, you have a drug issue and me sitting down being like, I was fucking there. Yeah. I did fucking all of it, especially in high school where it's such formative years where you need to talk to somebody that is older, that understands where you're coming from. Of course, someone who made the same mistakes that you're making, maybe even much worse mistakes, and is there to tell you how to not get as far as you got. And I feel that it's like, you know, I want to be Tammy Taylor, (laughs) but I can't be Tammy Taylor. I want to be Coach Taylor, but I can't be (laughs) Coach Taylor. But it's like, but she, like, I feel in watching, I know it's Friday Night Lights. I understand. (laughs) But that's where I was thinking about it from was that she has also experiences of being in that same town, of knowing the downfalls of the town and knowing all that stuff. But she can't say a lot of things to the kids Mm -hmm. because she's not allowed to. Yeah. Not that that's a, a frequent thing in the show, but in my head, of course, in watching it, that's what I was thinking about. I just don't know why people think it is so necessary to lie to kids. Why they think it's so necessary to whitewash shit and to not tell them the truth as to how things are. 
I don't understand. And especially like I saw the counselor frequently when I was in high school and it was it, it, I just didn't trust her. No, it was like, you don't know. You don't understand me. You don't understand anything that we're all going through because exactly what you said. They're safe. And that's a problem with high school counselors. I feel it's different in college that you can go to, you know, especially people that either are studying psychiatry. You could, There's definitely ways in college that I feel that you can go to talk to someone. But I feel that in a lot of especially small towns with high school counselors, it's it's so hard to get through to them. My counselor was one of the most useless human beings that I've ever witnessed in my life. We hated each other. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I mean, we despised each other. Oh, yeah. And I refused to go to that woman for any sort of help whatsoever because she was just useless. Uh, and it bothered me so much that that person, who was supposed to be there for, for kids, I mean, really, I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't even know until I got out of high school that a counselor was supposed to actually be there for kids. To help someone. To help. All all I thought a counselor was there for was uh, to be kind of a cunt and to rain on like kids parades and to tell people to be bland and to tell them to not be so to colorful. be obedient to be, be o- obedient be obedient and to you know fill out college applications that's exactly. that's all i thought i never even knew the concept of a counselor being there to actually help someone that was a foreign concept to me until i got to college and i went to orientation and i was like oh shit that's what a counselor's supposed to do fuck they had it wrong. Yeah, yeah. We had an IB counselor because I was in the International Baccalaureate Program, so we had a separate counselor from the regular school as well. And he was just a dude that was obviously trying to sleep with my mother. <sighs> so it was just one of those things where he'd bring me in and he'd like rub my back and be like, you know, you're going to get through this. I'm just like, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. Ever. <laughs> and that's what makes me feel so bad for uh, for a lot of our listeners out there because a lot of our listeners out there are teenagers and they do have problems, but they don't have anybody like at their school. They've got the same fucking counselors that me and you had the fucking tight ass cunt that, you know, that is no help to anybody and holds personal grudges. The lecherous old man who is touching you because he can't touch your mother. Right. Like uh, so many kids deal with that on a day-to-day basis and they don't have anybody that they can go to. They have fucking horrible parents that don't give a shit about them. You know, they have uh, friends that will throw them under the bus at a moment's notice. They don't have people. Uh, And that makes me fucking sad. Yeah, and that's why I would love to be a person that someone could turn to. Exactly! But you can't... It's like, it's all politics. Yeah. It's all about keeping someone there that is not going to rock the boat and and I don't... Like... I just, if you've ever had a counselor that was awesome, please let us let know. us know because I would like to give them accolades. Cape, I feel that, yeah. CapeComedyRadioGmail.com. Let us know if you've actually had any good experience with a high school counselor. And I will move to your town and I will take their job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there needs to be, uh, there just needs to be something out there, you know, it's, there needs to be better people. Out there working with kids. And also, I don't, I guess I feel that I would probably never have the calling to want to help, especially high school teenagers, if I didn't have the experience from high school specifically of of going very close to off the edge yeah. that no one knew about, that I completely skated by, and that if anyone knew what I was actually doing besides the people I was doing them with, I 
probably would have be dead by now. Yeah. And there was no one to help. And I am very thankful that I got through that period in my life. And I want to be able to talk to anyone. And so if you have, if you don't have anybody to talk to, please write in. Yeah. What I also it's what we're here for. That I want to talk to people. I would like to, especially like with teenagers, man. It's like I fucking understand hard, and some of the things that we deal with in high school don't go away. Yeah, and you continue to deal with it, and you continue to grow, but you have to address the fact that it is a problem, and you do, and you deal with it. It's the only way it can go. It's the only way you can get better. So. I'm thinking about a second life path, Marcus. Fucking A, man. I think that it's important. It's honestly made me feel better, which I know that everybody knows that I'm in this like weird, crazy rut right you now. You seem lighter, though. Yes. You don't seem as on edge as you were, like as you have been the last couple of weeks. And it's so insane. I just needed to be asked that right question. And if you know anyone in your life that like you look at, I mean, it's the same with, I remember with, my best friend who was closeted that I was the one that asked him, do you like guys? <laughs> and he said, yes. Yeah. And like, this is what it makes me think of not, of course it's completely different, insanely different. Well, it's still asking, environments. It's still asking a pointed question about your life, a very important part of your life, asking a pointed question about it. So that's, that's the same. That's what it shares. And it, and sometimes it's hard when you see someone that's going through something rough and and you feel like you understand what it is or, or if you're close enough that you feel that you're able to talk to them. Because sometimes you can't turn to your counselor and sometimes you have to turn to your friends. Yeah. You have to have somebody to talk to. So, you know, we've even talked about that like in college and making friends where it's like there's somebody that's off and maybe you just have to ask the right question. And then you guys become friends or maybe they get help or maybe they can figure something out in their life. I feel that in our generation, human interaction is just so it's gone. We just don't have it anymore. And there's and even though I was asked that question online, I was still asked a pointed private question that made me think. Yeah. That gave me levity. And thank you for asking that question. It it really you know, obviously, it's not something that I'm going to do right now, but it, it has given me a lot to think about, and I needed something else to think about. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely <laughs> did. You needed something else. And I think that the the having a backup plan is very important because I, I know a lot of people here in New York City, you know, all of my friends are in the in some sort of creative capacity or another. I don't have any friends that work in fucking insurance. You know, like yeah. that, that doesn't, yeah, that just doesn't play into it. Uh, and most of the people that I know do not have any sort of backup plan. If this shit doesn't work out, if their music doesn't work out, or if their acting doesn't work out, like this is the only thing uh, that they have. And I think that's unhealthy for a couple of different reasons. I think one, it puts more pressure on every audition every show uh it puts so much pressure on your entire life that makes you unhappy and i think it also affects your work and two i think the reason why it's unhealthy is because uh i've seen people fall and without any sort of backup plan without any sort of net they fall into a temp job 
And that temp job turns into a full-time job. And before you know it, those people have been working in, you know, some shitty office job for the last two, three years. And that's the path for the rest of their life uh, because they didn't have anything to fall back on. They just fell into shit. And that's not to say that if you do fall into that, you'll never be able to get out of it, but it will make it much more difficult to get out of it because you are going to wallow in that shit for years you're gonna say like all right i failed this is what my life is now this is where it's going i've fallen into a depression i've fallen into a rut it's gonna be harder to get out of that but if you fall and you immediately have something else to work towards you're like all right this didn't work out i'm fucking a man enough to admit that this didn't work out this is over it's time to take a different path and if you have that different path to take then you're not going to fall into that same shithead rut that so many other people that, uh, you know, try and fail to create a business do because most of us will fail. That's just a fact of life. In entertainment, the vast majority of, of us will fail and we're going to have to do something else. But what that something else is, is definitely up to us. And if we know what that something else might be, then that's a comfort. It's a huge comfort, and I think it's one that uh, anybody that is in a highly competitive uh, profession should have. And I also feel it's never too late to have a new goal. No, never. You know, it's never, I feel that it's not even giving up. It's just, you just have a new goal. You have to see it in a positive light of saying like, oh, I didn't fail at that. It's like, no, you just grew up and things changed and now you have a new goal. I feel in the past, like having a college degree automatically gave you a backup plan and it doesn't anymore. <laughs> you know, like no, our it generation. automatically makes you poor is what it does. Exactly. And especially, unfortunately, with master's degrees, unless you're going to something that you're definitely going to have a profession at the end of it. It, it is scary for our generation when you, I feel that we rely on our master's degrees. We rely on our undergraduate degrees and they don't do anything. Yeah. I mean, hell, my backup plan is a trade. Yes, you know, which I, is something that will always be necessary. Yeah, yeah, more mortician. That's my like my backup plan. I'm go. I will be essentially going to a trade school. Uh, that you know, yes, it's very scientific, but it's not. Uh, I'm not going to study history or something like that. Which, in fact, I would love to yes. study. I would. Lo- <laughs> I would fucking love to be a teacher. I would but that's the problem too. Teacher, is that that's but, unfortunately a dying profession. Yeah. Which, how terrible is that? God. <laughs> God damn. No, I mean, it's teachers these days are fucking, you're caretakers. You're there to teach the kids the test. You're there to teach them rote facts, not to fucking excite their imaginations at all. The kids don't give a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, and teaching is a, it's a horrific profession to be a part of right now. Uh, I've I've talked to, to plenty of teachers that are in the it makes trenches. Me so sad. I would just love so to sad. be a teacher. I would just I would love to teach history so much. Like I'd love to teach like college freshman history. Yeah, just be badass. Be the, like everyone's like I just want to go see what fucking Doctor Parks is gonna do today. Oh, Professor Parks. Well, you never know. <laughs> if you're gonna dream, dream big. <laughs> I just like the sound of like Doctor Parks sounds weird. Like Dr. Parks, that was my great uncle. I'm Professor Parks. Yeah, Professor Parks. <laughs> Professor Parks, at your service. But as we see with Squishy Sally, man, you just gotta you gotta go for it. Yeah. You just have to do it. 
And, you know, she didn't like where she was and she made a complete change in her life and she went for it. And that is hard as fuck to do. Yeah. And you just got to keep, you got to keep going, man. You have to. All right. We're going to get to our letters for uh, today. We're going to, this first letter is from Ireland. Oh, <laughs> look at the Irish, is he? For, but, oh, we just lost him. Why? <laughs> Where did he go? We just lost him. We gave a hardy dar dar. That's yeah. That's easiest way to lose an Irishman. Uh, is that? Yeah. They oh they hate yeah, that stuff. Yeah, just put out a drink. They'll come right back. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. What are we gonna call him? Mmm. I don't know. Brogue. Ooh. Strongman. Oh, uh, bro. <laughs> Brogue Strongman. Wonderful. It says, uh, Marcus and Jackie, I want to say that your podcast means a lot to me and hearing you talk about your inner lives is tremendously comforting. I used to feel completely separate from other people and you helped me to remember that I'm not alone. We are not alone. I'm fortunate to have friends now where we talk about our fucked up thoughts and fucked up feeling just as often as we talk about the new TV shows we like. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to hear a friendship like that on a podcast. What you do is important, and I'm thankful for it. It helps that you're both funny as fuck and incredibly kind of boot. Well, you don't know us in real life. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Okay, yeah, we're all right. Maybe you're not great. funny, but kind. We're kind. <laughs> you are. You are. Get out of here. You get out of here. No, get, get out of here. <laughs> Marcus, get out of here. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's great to be writing to you after listening for what must be about two years now. I've been catching up on the last few weeks' episodes and just finished listening to your podcast with D- Justy Dodge, where you respond to a listener who's struggling with self-harm and thoughts of suicide. The first time I self-harmed, I was about 10. I've met very few people who have experience with self-harm, and so there's a particular sense of kinship or understanding when I hear anyone talk about it. The last time I self-harmed was when I was 21. I've been sober and free of self-harm for over two and a half years now, and I've recently gone back to one-on-one therapy. I also attend weekly group therapy through a treatment center I went to in 2011. I've been thinking a lot about self-harm in the last three weeks because of going into therapy that I didn't think I'd ever talk to anyone about. It's terrifying. I don't want to return to self-harm, and the episode came as a great comfort to me. It gets harder, and in asking for help, it gets easier, and then it gets harder again, and that's how it goes. I'm in a really difficult part right now, and I'm trying not to let the tunnel vision of fear overcome me. What have you done when you've been processing something difficult in therapy? I'm finding it difficult to be alone, but when I'm around other people, I find I put on a cheerful mask. Maybe that distraction is a good thing, though. I don't know. Thank you both again for the podcast. All my love, Brogue Strongman. Well... Going through something difficult in therapy is, I know exactly what you mean, because a lot of times how therapy goes for me is that it's, uh, you know, it's 50 minutes long and you'll spend 40 minutes kind of meandering, talking about this, talking about that. uh, And then in the last like five minutes, you come across this fucking earth shattering revelation, whether it be good or bad. And then you kind of just have to be left alone with that for a week. Uh, you come across something, like sometimes you come across something that's like, oh, fuck, like I just realized this thing about me that I've never realized before. Or this, I realized this thing that's going on in my life that I've never realized before. Uh, and you're, you're kind of left with that. And for a while there, I did just sort of leave it at that. 
Uh, and I was l- lucky, um, you know, that I had um, my girlfriend uh, to go to to talk to her like the day of and be like, hey, I talked about this. Uh, this is, um, you know, th- this is what I talked about. It's kind of freaking me out or this is what I talked about. And I'm kind of ha- I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, but I've been working a little bit more on, uh, working out things for myself, you know, not being so, uh, codependent with another person. Uh, so what I do now is when I'm in therapy, I keep a pen and a paper right next to me and all throughout when there's something that kind of hits me, uh, I write down like a shorthand of what that is. It's like one little thing. It's like something I wrote down a couple weeks ago is that, you know, when my life goes out of control, my bipolar takes over. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I, that I talk about here on this show is stuff that I've written down in therapy, things I've realized about myself. Uh, and then after I get out of therapy, when I get on the train, I immediately start expanding. I get on, you know, I get out my pen and I get out my pad and I immediately start expanding on whatever those thoughts that I thought were important enough to write down. If they're important enough to write down. Uh, if they strike you in that moment that hard, then they're important enough to expand upon. Uh, so I write everything down. I expand upon it. Uh, I just kind of do a stream of consciousness thing and get everything out. Uh, and then throughout the week, you can return to that uh, if you're starting to feel overwhelmed. Uh, you can also expand it as much as you want and keep writing throughout the week uh, to keep things fresh in your head. So when you come back to therapy the next week, uh, you've already made a few more steps on your own. Uh, And you also have the satisfaction of dealing with it on your own. Uh, Because one of the mistakes that I made in therapy, I know in the beginning is that I just kind of went for the hour and that hour of the week was when I talked about stuff. And that's the only time that things were, uh, illuminated for me. Um, and then I'd forget about it for the next week and I'd come back to therapy a week later and she'd be like, you know, we really, I think we really hit on something last week at the end of it. And I go, Remind me again, like what it was, like I wasn't using it right. Um, Well, therapy is a jumping off point for your own self-awareness. It's like I said at at the beginning, it's not telling you what to do, it's showing you what you can do. Uh, And I haven't, and I wasn't using that in the right way. Uh, So that's, that's how I process difficult things in therapy, whether whether it be good or bad. Uh, That's, that's how I deal with it. And also, I feel that, you know, yes, we all want to be alone a lot. And I understand the hardships of putting on a mask and going and hanging out with your friends or doing whatever. But that is, it creates positive energy inside of you. As much as sometimes you feel like you're being fake, there are times in those hangouts or whatever you're doing that you do feel good mm-hmm. and and you need that you have to be around other people like, especially you seem like you have a great fucking group of friends that understand the kind i don't know if they know the depth of what you're going through right now but i would say definitely keep hanging out with them as well and it's hard when you're in your darker moments i think darker moments are times for being by yourself and for writing things out but sometimes you have one or two friends that if they just came over and you just hung out and bullshit. Yeah. And it helps. It, it helps a lot. And I feel like sometimes, especially working in like a customer service type thing when I'm having a really dark day and I don't want to perform for these people at all, <laughs> that sometimes it, 
it lightens you. Mm-hmm. Being forced to do it lightens you. And hell, that's what me and Jackie do. She, you fucking make me come over to your house all the time. Like, if I'm in like yeah. a fucking deep dark place. Like, you're like, you're coming over. We're having dinner, and we're gonna hang out. Yeah, and, and if you want to talk about shit, talk about shit. You don't want to talk about shit, we won't talk about shit. And usually we don't. Yeah, right? we might talk about it for like five ten minutes. After we've gotten good and drunk. Yes. But, but, before, but also keeping sober is a great idea. Keeping sober is also a great idea. You need to get this. That's us. That's what that we is do. Us. That's us. Yeah. Don't take our, you know, don't take us as an example as how things should be done. Because remember, what works for us, what works for me and Jackie may not work for you. Yes. We're all different people. Yes. Every single one of us. And different things work for different people. So... Don't take the things that we do as things that you should do because that's what works for us. But and especially because I know you very well. Yes. So I know that, you know, I I know how to try and just at least rattle you a little bit. Yeah. Just to shake it up because when you are by yourself, especially, you know, it's like, Marcus, you are by yourself and here a lot for good portions of the day that things can, I feel like the sediment hits the bottom of your brain. Oh, man. And you need someone to come in and positively shake it up. And I think that it's very necessary, especially when you're in your dark times, and it is hard to do. But I think that that writing down things during your therapy session and then expanding upon them, I think that that's going to help you a lot. It really is. Writing helps me so much. I just can't explain it enough. I feel like we say it all the time, but getting the dark shit out of your head is necessary i feel that it is something that you have to do when you're in your darkest parts and it will help yes it will and i think it also gives you a tether to your therapy session right if that is stuff that you came up with in therapy every time you write about it you can almost feel like i kind of feel like when i write about that sort of stuff i can still kind of hear my therapist's voice in my head right i I can kind of hear what what she's talking about and i can find kind of feel guided a little bit you know it's kind of the same sort of process so it it definitely like having that tether to it that helps a hell of a whole lot and you can do it you're broke strongman and we believe in you <laughs> and thank yeah. you for writing in though because it's things like this which show that you are so much stronger oh yeah you are stronger than you were in the past and you are only growing stronger day by day and the fact that you are getting help and the fact that you wrote in this these are all examples of remembering that you are a valid human being that you are you are worth it you don't need to do that shit anymore and you're strong and you have to remember that absolutely thanks man thank you and of course anyone else who has a uh, anything they want to write in cave comedy radio gmail.com is the address all right well we also we have a, a question that's not necessarily uh an email uh, but it was a question that was posed to Jackie by uh, by a friend. Uh, but we also thought that it would be worth talk about it on the show. I thought it was interesting because I had to think about it when he asked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, he is currently. I have a friend that is. He's very lost right now. Um, he has he has a child back home, and he moved to New York to do comedy, and it's a hard struggle to try and go out and strike out and do what you want to do when you have a child somewhere else. Child is fine. He's in like he's in a very good family. The mother has a new husband. Like it's it's a completely safe environment. So he struggles 
every day with the fact that he is here trying to better himself and do what he wants to do. So that is on top of the fact that he just had a breakup and now he is trying to date someone else. So there's all of these already questions in his mind of, you know, is he even supposed to be here? And now he's seeing this girl who is wonderful. I have met her. She is hilarious. She is very nice. He's also hilarious and also very nice. And he is not sexually attracted to her. And he's been on a few dates with her. And every time they're talking, they're just having a great time. And he was going on a third date. And they had, like, kissed. But I was just like, so third date? You gonna... You gonna do the deed? Because you know that's my that's what I feel. You know, <laughs> you know you're gonna you're, get it. You're gonna, you're gonna get, go get it. You're gonna get nanikas. <laughs> but of course, you know he's in his thirties. It's not like he's a young kid. Yeah. But like I was like, and he was very perplexed. He doesn't want to lead her on, but he doesn't know if he's sexually attracted to her. And I I didn't know if I should bring it up on the show, but Marcus, you said that you've been in this situation before extremely similar it was after a breakup uh and it was this girl like after a pretty serious breakup after a very long relationship uh and you know at the time i was just like super fucking lonely i was just like all right i just need to talk to a girl i just need to hang out with a fucking girl went on the okay cupid thing this one it was actually this was not a disaster this was actually fine uh and you know saw the girl's uh picture and just like, all right, she's pretty cute. And like, we met her and, um, and I met her and I wasn't necessarily like, she was super cute, but she was also like six, one, six, two. Okay. And, uh, so you don't like, so that's, uh, she was also very, really big. Okay. Like, wow. Like I'm talking, she outweighed me by a lot. Yes. You know? And, but she was like. Super fucking cool. Like, really awesome. And, like, we had a great time every time we went out. And I don't know if it's just because I'm shallow or what, but I just wasn't really attracted to her. Not in the way that I, I kind of need to be. Uh, so, you know, it just sort of, it, it broke off, you know, after. And it also was a very much a rebound thing. We went on, like, three or four dates. Uh, but and nothing happened? No, no. No, no, no. It, it went a little, yeah. It went further yeah. than you had wanted it to, but you still let it go N- further. Not further. I, I actually feel like a real big shithead on this whole thing. Like, it's kind of, like, when I think about, like, things that I've done that I regret, this is definitely one of them. Uh, because I did, like, I kept trying. I kept trying to be like, all right, she's super cool. Like, let's try more physical stuff like I because I want to like hang out and all that and I kept trying and it just wasn't working and I let her on because of it right uh and I ended up you know I ended up kind of breaking the girl's heart because of it because I like just couldn't I couldn't do it I just couldn't I just couldn't fucking I just couldn't do it no matter how hard I tried I just couldn't fucking do it uh and I think some people can Get past that. Some people can be with someone that they're not necessarily sexually attracted to. I think that is a 
very small minority of people that can do that. Which is also understand. I feel that maybe you shouldn't be so hard on yourself because I think as a good person, you liked her as a person that it's hard to be like, okay, come on. I not, I like her as a person. I can't do this. And, and it, I feel that sometimes when you're dating someone, it goes further because of things like that. And I feel that that honestly happens a lot. Yeah. And you don't know what to do because you're not really into it, but you like them as a person. You want to hang out. And a lot of people don't take the, I like you as a person, but I don't want to fuck you yeah. very well. It's just, what? Is, so is it just body chemistry? It has to be hormones. Uh, it's got to be something like that. And and because you don't want to do something you don't want to do and you don't want to lead somebody on. But yeah, I feel that giving it a few dates is okay. Yeah. And giving it a shot is fine. I definitely shouldn't have gone as far as I did with her. And I, which I, is, I really I really shouldn't have. That that was that was that was bad of me. And also it's just just because you are capable of doing it doesn't mean that it's something that you want to do. Uh, yeah. Which is something <laughs> that like I'm not even getting into like the serious territory. I'm saying in in light ways that's also yeah. true. I mean but I wanted to though. Yeah. I, I I did want to, but I also wasn't sure about it, you know. And and she was also and it was also someone telling us that this girl was the exact opposite of the girl that I had just broken up with. The girl right. I had just broken up with was teeny tiny. Which unfortunately happens in rebounds very often. Very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just extremely, like, very, very thin uh, woman. Uh, and this girl was extremely, very, very tall, like a Viking of a woman. I mean, with, I feel like I'm attracted to her just talking about her. And but. double E's. Whoa! <laughs> no, opposite of the last <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, the exact opposite. And, and I just, and there was, a, you know, a whole multitude of reasons. Maybe if I was in a better place, then maybe I could have taken a better run at it. But, you know, I had just broken up with my other girlfriend like a, a month or two before, and we'd been together for three years. Uh, and, and it was, you know, I, I really felt like I, I, I used this person. And I think that's what you're friend needs to really ask himself is it like is you know if if he's not initially attracted to her then I don't know if that's going to change and it's hard because I feel like which this is like the difference between being in our situation right now and talking to each other and talking you know on the show and me talking to one of my dude friends in real life that I feel that I made it bad i made the situation bad um because he's a fairly shallow person mm -hmm. and when he talks about women of course i get upset about that kind of thing because i know that like i got a lot of qualities but being like hot to trot is not one of my qualities and as he was going on he showed me a picture of her cute thing nothing yeah. wrong with her and i was just i looked him in the eye and i was just like I'm just glad I found someone that likes me for who I am and then I don't have to deal with pieces of shit like you anymore. <laughs> and I like hurt his feelings very much. Yeah. But it's also, but the, like what we just talked about where it's like sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I take it as a personal offense because I remember OkCupid okay and as much as I showed on there that I was fat, sometimes dudes would look at me and didn't want to fuck me because I was fat, mm -hmm. which is hard for me to deal with. And that, you know, I found someone that loves me for no matter what I look like. Yeah. But that is hard to find. 
in the long run. It's yeah. kind of, it's a hard thing to do. And especially like, but he was attracted to me. Yeah. That's the difference. That, is that like that he was attracted to me and that's why we are together. Exactly. If you're not attracted to someone, it has nothing to do with that. Now I feel bad because I said that to him because that's not fair for me to say. I think it's also, it's definitely a difference between men and women because you will, a person will say, how'd he get her a lot more than people will say, how'd she get him? Right. You know, like that, I, I think women can look past those, uh, they can look past like, say, like physical uh, differences that, you know, men may have. They can look past those a lot easier than men can look past those. I think it's, I think it's just the way we're fucking wired. Um, men are much shallower than women are. We've talked about this on the show plenty of times before that, yeah, men, men are just shallower than women. They have a harder time getting over that uh, than women do. And I understand. It's just how we're wired. Yeah. And so then when things like that happen and I just take it so personally and it's like, that's not fair either. It's how we're wired. You either like somebody, you don't like somebody, especially when it comes to like being sexually attracted to somebody and trying to force it doesn't usually work. It never works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I wouldn't, I'd go further than, uh, yeah, than doesn't usually to never. I don't I guess maybe that's also a I wouldn't say gender difference because I think it's just person to person because I remember when I first slept with Doug I was just like what did I just do <laughs> what just happened why did I do that and not because it was just because it was like one of those where it was like okay yeah. well, I did that because we were friends it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like that happens between friends sometimes where I never thought of him sexually at all we were just friends so there's also that difference, but that's also few and far between. That's just person to person. Yeah. But I feel bad because there's no, uh, I, so he went on the date because I made him feel bad about it. No. Which was done. And then immediately <laughs> today, as I was thinking about it, I was just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You should have seen her again. And then he texted me. He was like, no, we had a great time. Okay. So I, I, at least if anything, they're probably be going going to become friends. It didn't seem like anything imploded, and you can create a friendship from that, especially if she's not into it either. Which it doesn't seem like she's really that into it as well. Okay. But they both crack each other up. So it's like, have a friendship. Just because you fucking kissed doesn't mean you can't be friends afterwards. I'm friends with plenty of women. I'm kissed. Me too. And just kissed, and that's all. Yes, but it's sometimes, yeah, definitely gets more complicated as you get further. Oh, yeah, the, the further, the, the closer, the, <laughs> the closer the dicky gets to the pussy hole. Yes, and as much as you think it's not going to change, it always <laughs> changes the relationship. Always. Always, always. Always. Which but- I still can't get over the fact that, like, you can't be adult enough. And no, you can't. It's just how we're wired. It's how you are. Yeah, it just it's always going to change everything. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do All it for mistakes this. are just flipping through my head right oh, now. I've got a lot of, I mean, I'm going, this is those moments, like, there's a lot of times when we do this show that I start going through the mistake Rolodex. It's like, ooh, and it starts, God. And it starts at, like, 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. it yeah, goes yeah. up until, like, Keeps two going. years ago. It's just like, which everybody That's how fast has it goes that. Through, you know, yeah. sometimes you just got to revisit a mistake in your head. You're just like, ah, I learned from it. I swear I learned from it. (laughs) 
Thank you guys so much. Please email us yeah. all of your questions. CaveComedyRadio at gmail.com. Uh, join the Facebook group. Right now, it kind of seems like the beginning of a party where everyone's milling around and doesn't necessarily know what to say to each other. We're going to fucking figure it We're out. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get get it going. We're going to see what this thing is. And of course, we won't know what this thing is until uh, you guys show, show us what it is. So uh, join the Facebook group, Sex on the Human Activities, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hell yeah. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.